break. I don't like this. Prepare for wizardly combat. I want to show you a trick mother showed me when you weren't around. Welcome to Spellburn, a podcast covering the Dungeon Crawl Classics role-playing game and old-school adventuring. It's time to party like it's 1974. This week on Spellburn, we take the Wayback Machine to give a recap of the world's largest gaming convention. We'll look at the new DCC RPG releases, well, or at least the huge Goodman Games program guide, and find out more about DCC events and tournaments that were run. Let's do a belated Gen Con wrap-up. With me tonight are Judge Job. Greetings and salutations. And Judge Jen. Hey, guys. Excellent. So with that, let's take it on over to Tavern Talk. First rule of bartending is this. GBTB. Go beyond the book. Go beyond the book. What do you have? Heineken! F*** that Tavern talk. So, what do we all do in gaming, oh, within the past couple weeks, since we've been gone for a couple weeks? Uh, let's see. This week, let's start with Jen. Ooh, I have quite a bit of gaming recently, which is a nice change. In our first Ed game, we finally finished B2. Thank God, good riddance. Uh, now we're back to the Fire Giants. Yay. Nice. <laughs> I, I'm really torn on that one. <laughs> uh, Metamorphosis Alpha has been going wonderfully. It, I'm so excited about this one. I finally got to retire a character before it was killed by other party members. And that lasted for one game because Bob reminded me I took off with a very important plot device. Whoops. <laughs> so I got dragged back in. And the DCC game's been running strong. People are back from summer vacation and all that. People of the pit, they've been in there for three full sessions now. They think they're done with it. And just to give a little bit of a respite, for the last game, I ran them through an interlude of sorts, where I drafted up pre-gens of... Oh, they were all like second level warriors, and the idea was they were the henchmen for the big bad side. So they got a little bit of an insight into what the villains are doing and what their plans are. And I think that went over pretty well. That sounds like an interesting little twist. Yeah, you know, Bob did it once for, uh, or I guess twice this past summer for his first Dead game that he runs on the alternating Sundays. And it was really, really kind of cool to see behind the scenes, like, this is the motivation for what's going on in this camp. And that's why they're coming after the party. 
And that's pretty cool, because a lot of times that doesn't always come out in gaming. I mean, the GM gets all the cool text and what's going on in the background and all this intricate story that never, ever seems to quite come fully out in a game. So that's sort of a cool way to double right. get lots of use it, out of it. And I'm sitting here going, well, it's great if I'm telling a good story, but only if they know what the story is. Yeah, yep. So I, I probably won't repeat this method, you know, more than once a year or so, but... Yeah, went over pretty well last week. Very nice. So, Joe, what have you been up to? Uh, actually, in the last couple weeks, not too much gaming. I, you know, I'm playing in that 5e game as a player. It's okay. I, I don't know. 5e just doesn't really thrill me, but it's it's D and D. It's some people together, so it's fun. We keep running the DM off the rails, which is a blast. <laughs> That's <laughs> just mean. Yeah, he keeps trying to get us back, and it's like, oh, I'm so not interested in these plot hooks. Like, okay, we're, like, we're going to set up our own rival Thieves Guild. And then in other news, I'm, I'm, I, uh, I'm sort of running a DCC game in uh, barter for something. So it's almost like getting paid to be a, be a DM. And so now you're a professional uh, judge now, then? <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I, would, I would like to subscribe to this newsletter. <laughs> yes, how, do, how, how too can we become members of this uh, get paid to judge or barter to judge, if, if nonetheless? So my wife had a, uh, one of her rings got bent. And so I took it to a friend of a friend, and that turns out that they were a jeweler. And uh, so I took it to them, and they're like, well, you know, I heard that you're into tabletop gaming. And I'm like, yeah. She said, uh, well, my son really wants to learn how to play, and his birthday is coming up um, in a couple weeks. So um, basically, she fixed the ring for free, and I'm going to go to this kid's birthday party and <laughs> be a DM for the, for the night. So I love it. <laughs> That's great. That's awesome. Yeah, I thought it was hilarious. So <laughs> don't say that gaming will never take you places. <laughs> no, I, I want pictures of this event. Yeah, no kidding. Me too. That, that's so cool. All right, yeah. All right, oh, but hold it, wait. Do. You've got a reputation for making kids cry, though. So are you going to tone it down a bit? Or are you going to. How's that going to go? Does uh, she know? <laughs> these are teenagers, so I think they'll be okay. They're like 14 or 15, I think. Okay. So they might be so, a little safer. Yeah, maybe they'll murder me. I don't know. They might all be like in a Pathfinder or something. And I'll be showing up with I don't know the hypercube of might or something. Like, what the hell? But I'm gonna I'm gonna try to school them. We'll see. That's cool. That sounds fun. Hey kids, why bother getting a bouncy house when you can get Job? <laughs> Oh. Uh, cool. So let's see. My group, my local group, we've been sporadic this summer. It seems like summer's just been taking its toll on on gaming. So we've had lots of board game nights, and we, I've gotten to play all sorts of different board games. We did play. Uh, we rolled. We statted up Dresden file characters, which took an entire evening. So I'm sort of like, hmm, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm used to character gen in like you know, ten minutes. So. We'll see how that goes. I actually think I've played Dresden Files before, but uh, one of the other people in the group's getting set to run some Dresden Files. So we'll see how that goes. And that's been most of my gaming recently. Well, hopefully you get to do something with them. I know, exactly. It's all like, <laughs> so It's uh, when we wrapped up, it's like, well, 10 o'clock, and we started generating characters at 6.30. Um, <laughs> do we get to use these, or was this just an exercise in character generation? But I think there's plans to, to run them. We're hoping after that much time spent on my character 
<laughs> um, you know, I've, I've done that with a bunch of games where we just sit around and make characters and never actually play the game. Yeah, and, and it may happen in this because, you know, it, it, I don't know. Knowing this group, it, it's possible we may end up not getting to play, but we'll see. It'll be something, I'm sure, as wintertime and our schedules get settled down more, we'll get back to something regularly. So Nice. Okay, so with that, let's head on over and summon some emails. You've got mail. Message for you, sir. Summon email. The following emails have been edited for link and content content. This week we summoned some emails. Uh, if you do want to write us, we'd love to have our mailbag full. Uh, we've got several emails coming in. You can send email to theband at spellburn.com. Like I said, we love to read emails and see what folks have to say. And with that, we'll let Jen get started on the first email of the evening. All right, our first one is from Eric. Hello, judges. I discovered your podcast through iTunes this past Monday. And while I've been working my day job, I've spellburned my way through the first 21. It's addictive. The DCC RPG, as described by you all, sounds exactly like what I've been looking for in a role-playing game experience for the last 15 years. I went on a hunt for DCC RPG products at all the hobby shops and bookstores here in my hometown of Louisville, Kentucky. I know, I know, home of the Pope Lick monster. But to no avail. I couldn't find the core book or even a single module. This was a major bummer. Don't worry, I'll soon be placing a decent order through Goodman Games, and we'll just have to wait to get through the mail. I may even start running a weekly game at my local hobby shop to raise awareness for the game. My question is, since I haven't actually played DCC, one of the first things that really caught my imagination was the character funnel. Lots of your podcast conversations have been devoted to all the epic carnage and fun that occurs during these funnels. But what about after the funnel? How is the playing experience for levels 1 through 10? Thanks again for all the free awesomeness and turning me on to DCC RPG. Yours in gaming, Eric Blipt. Well, Eric, first off, yes, go run the, the weekly game at the local hobby shop. That That is how we do it, to and, raise the awareness. Or just head on over to Cincinnati, which isn't terribly far. It's a bit of a trek. <laughs> And you can go see Todd at Gateway Games, and he's got tons of DCC stuff and would oh, fit yeah. right in there. So even Jen's made the trek from Florida there. Well, to be fair, it was a side trip from <laughs> Chicago, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I, Louisville's so much closer. Yes, it is. So, Job, do you want to field that one? What about after the funnel? There is you know, life after the funnel, right? There is life after the funnel, but Jeffrey probably knows more about it since he actually ran a campaign from one to ten, right, Jeffrey? Yes, I did. Uh, yeah, up to. So, I yeah, mean, up to I'll like tell you mind. my experience. My experience is, you know, mostly running first level games, some third level games, and uh, some six level games when I was playtesting for 998th Conclave of Wizards. So just from those those areas, um, and, and Jeffrey, you can go into more depth, but you know, at the at the Earlier levels, it's a little bit easier to die, obviously. Like first level, you might actually die. Second level, you might actually die. After third level, it gets a, it, it gets a little easier. I mean, you get three death saves, so you're probably not going to get wiped out by um, by one per- person in the party going down. You know, it, when I played my sixth level games, it seems like, you know, you're, you're starting to get pretty epic, getting multiple uh, action dice and some pretty good spells. But uh, I don't know. What are your thoughts on this, Jeffrey? I mean, you summed it up really well right there. 
but yeah, I have run a campaign from zero level all the way up to like ninth-ish, I think. I don't know if I let him hit tenth, but we were way up there. And it was exactly like you said, that, that first level was, it was pretty deadly. Second level, it was still pretty gritty. I mean, there was, I know I had one instance at second level where it was almost a TPK, but then just the right roll of dice, and the majority of the party did end up surviving uh, between roll the body checks and things like that. And thirds, where it started to, it got more difficult to kill them at third level it wasn't impossible but certainly at that point the attrition rate was much much less and very made it very easy to get the campaign feel because i know a lot of people get worried about that with the funnel because the funnel is so deadly and that's what a lot of people talk about to the funnel but once you hit third you start to get into survival hood is is, is much better and from there really you, Stuff can still happen, but it's it's far and few in between. And then, yeah, by the time you're hitting 5th and 6th, the characters are starting to get to be very powerful. It can take a little bit to adjust to as they get in those higher levels because it's truly epic with a bit of randomness in it. You know, even though they're epic, their failures can also be equally as epic. So you still have that awesome randomness to it all, but the characters get very powerful. I mean, to put an example in my campaign, most places... You know, the Thieves' Guild is something to be reckoned with through a lot of, you know, for, through a lot of levels. They usually have someone that's, you know, pretty powerful. Probably by the time my guys were 6th or 7th, they sort of would just walk in and, like, like they owned the place. And they sort of had the back backing to do it, you know. They were, they were, they were forces to be reckoned with just because of the scale. But I think the game works really well in campaign play. In fact, I think... Once you hit that third level, you feel really vested in your characters because they've really survived some stuff. I mean, I, we all know zero levels are very difficult to survive. First levels can be pretty tough. So I think by the time you hit third level, people really are into their character, which really helps add to the depth of the campaign. So, yeah, I think it plays through as a campaign game just fine, in my opinion. Quick question for you, Jeffrey. Mm-hmm. Uh, did your party... You pretty much kept them all at the same level. Each character was yeah. At the same level. So we did a lot of experimentation, especially in those <clears throat> earlier. We had, we had to do less as time went on because it wasn't as deadly. But in that second and third, where we had to replace, depending on what level, sometimes it was bring in a couple zero levels and let them level up. But for the most part, everyone was within a level or two of each other by the time we crossed fourth level or so. And some of it, we sort of had a stable of characters. They would, well, they would have, you know, because we'd have some funnels, and for a while, we, you know, you'd have the funnel, and they'd end up with three characters. So several of the guys had two or three characters, and then as things got a little more complex and you had more going on, they would start to let, and they ended up with a base. People that listened to the actual play know they ended up with a big temple, the moon, as their base. And so they would start to leave characters behind at the temple to, like, guard it, protect it. Uh, gotcha. while some of their main ones went out. And then sometimes the next time they'd leave another one at Temple of the Moon and take someone else out. So because of that, we sort of, you know, I was the nice judge, despite what they'll tell you, and I'd let them get experience for guarding the temple. Because sometimes maybe they would turn a threat away at the temple or something like that. But yeah, for the most part, they were all within a level or two of each other by the time they crossed fourth level. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Well, there you have it, Eric. Hope this has been somewhat helpful for you. Thanks, Eric. Yeah, thanks for the email. All right, our next one comes from our friend Stephen Newton. Hello, Judges Jay. Wanted to thank you all for your lovely podcast on the creation of magic items. Listening to that episode, it made me think of how valuable some of the magic items are that have been collected in some of the low-level modules. As an example, in our local group, 
the fighter guy is just smitten with his wolf spear of Ulfinar. Hope I didn't mangle that too much. That he picked up in the super fabulous adventure, Doom of the Savage Kings. Using the guidance you guys walk through in the book, I'm estimating that magic item cost anywhere from 75000 to 105000 to create. Holy moly. Needless to say, given that fighter guy is still just second level, my new campaign twist will be about how he's going to be hunted down by every treasure seeker on this side of the pyramids. Thanks for the great idea. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Steven Spider Guy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he he included the breakdown, and it's just for all of the powers, you know, estimated gold costs. Yeah, a minimum of seventy-five thousand gold would have been put into that between the materials and you know the base of those spells. So. Send your yes. hate mail to Harley at Goodman Games. <laughs> right? It, it goes back to what I was saying during that episode. We have so many modules that there's a magic item to be found in every single one. And it, yeah. it makes the playing field a little bit interesting. Yes, it does. Cool. All right. Thanks for pointing that out, yep. Stephen. Thanks for the math, Stephen. <laughs> uh, looks like we've got one more email for tonight. Uh, this comes from our good old buddy, DM Kojo. Greeting Spellburners. I hey! Wanted to, yeah! Wanted to write in to spread the word of an awesome new DCC product that I recently picked up, the Liber Arcanum. This is available as a soft cover and or PDF at DriveThruRPG, RPG Now, and is a great resource. It contains many optional rules, some of which are very cool. It also has six new patrons, dozens of new spells, new types of specialist wizards, a tattoo magic ritual, and other magical rites, plus many new magic items. It's a great book, and I hope to work many of these things into my DCC campaign. Paperback sells for about 15 bucks, which is a steal for all the great stuff in this book. Well, thank you, DM Kojo. Yes. We, thank you very I, much. Have any of you guys picked up that book yet? I have not. Um, it's in my stack from Gen Con. Um, timely enough for this episode. I have not had a chance to crack it yet. Oh, oh my I, God. Now yeah. I want to. <laughs> I really do. It's all that jet lag. Yeah, yeah just a little. <laughs> but a tattoo magic ritual that... That's just, yeah, that that's up our alley. Yeah, that's, that's the one that perfect. intrigued me the most. That's sort of funny, because when we read through all those things, the one that intrigued me the most was the tattoo magic ritual. I'm like, huh, I wonder what that's all about. That sounds fun. Yeah. I'll, I'll have to uh, expose our group to it a little bit and let you all know. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Right, awesome. Well, thanks for the email, DM Kojo. Keep them coming. We look forward to hearing from you. Right? It's not a show without an email from DM Kojo. Exactly. It's not. <laughs> okay, so I think. Well, that... Wait, I just had a great idea. We should just do like a mailbag from DM Kojo episode. <laughs> yeah, I think that'd be pretty cool, actually. It, it, I, I, I need like five or six really good ones to choose from, DM Kojo. So uh, yeah, keep them rolling in. It's a challenge. <laughs> great. So that's the summon email. Uh, let's take it on over to Mighty Deeds, where we talk about Gen Con. Wait a second. I have an idea. That's plenty for the both of us. I move for no man. <laughs> Ow. So just a little belated, 
good intentions and all, but we do want to cover Gen Con just because we are sure there's several in the DCC community that weren't able to make it, uh, me being one of them. Just curious about how things went there, what was new, how the After Hours games go, how did the tournaments go, other highlights from the con. So luckily, two of our hosts were at the con. So let's dive in and talk a little bit about how Gen Con went. I'll throw it out first. So does anyone have a favorite thing that happened at Gen Con? A favorite? Huh? Favorite, oh, yes, like a favorite. You guys are all like... I, I'm you'd... stymied on that, yeah. <laughs> Too much but, good stuff or just... Well, I mean... Jeff didn't my... follow the show notes, so you guys are all like, oh, where did that come from? <laughs> That's okay, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get them back on track. <laughs> so my favorite thing was that my daughter, Nita was uh, uh, one of the finalists in the Enter the Dagon, uh, the Spell Duel tournament. Awesome. That is very cool. Yeah. Yeah. There ended up being like four of them. So, you know, I wanted to let her do her thing. And so I'm like, all right, honey, you know, when you get there to do this final, she, I forgot who she fought. Maybe it was Connor. Um, No, Colin. I don't know what the hell the kid's (laughs) name is. The Sketch Boy. (laughs) The Sketch Boy. (laughs) I, uh, I I was like, okay, Anita, you know, you're in the final. So Spellburn 20 in the first one, and then, you know, then do, and then figure it out from there what you want to do. And she's like, okay, okay. We went over it, went over it. She went over there, and Harley flips over her Spellburn card, and she only Spellburnt like 10. Like, <laughs> oh, man. Hmm. And, 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 uh, the Scatch Boy didn't, didn't do 20. She totally would have just, and he didn't roll very well either. She totally would have killed him. Oh, and I think she also, oh, she rolled a 20 for her uh, in, initiative. So, uh, yeah, but then that card flipped over and I was like, oh, man. I was like, all right, better luck next year, Nita. You know, what happened? And she was like, well, I couldn't count the 20 Spellburn points fast enough before he took my sheet. Mm. Yeah, I felt bad for her. So it's Harley's fault, right? It's all Harley's fault. <laughs> okay, yes. we got it. My daughter should be wearing that belt right now. <laughs> So I, I do she, see Job like one she, of those little league parents coaching his daughter the, at the Spellburn duel. You know, you do I this. Make, all I would make her wear it every right now. I make her wear it to school. <laughs> That's great. So did you do any spell dueling, Jen? You probably didn't I, have time. Yeah, I didn't. It it's always so exhausting just to be there and running around from place to place. So yeah. I'm ecstatic that I actually got to get into a couple of games that I had tickets for, which was unheard of in prior years. How's that possible? I I know, right? Well, one of them was at night. That helped. <laughs> uh, got to play in uh, one of the Crawl Jammer games, which was really cool. I wanted to be exposed to it by the person who created it, because I think you always get the best feel from it that way. Okay, cool. before we move on to though, guys, I, you know, I just wanted to, since I actually did go to the, I, I played in the Interdagon uh, Spell Duel tournament. It was actually pretty cool. Um, now, first off, Harley had like taken spell duel rules and kind of simplified them a little bit. Um, okay. He took out things like you couldn't burn luck. So, the first time I was there, I kind of was arguing with him. I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> no, I, just, I, I can't imagine you arguing with Harley. Never." I, yeah, I was like, okay, "I'm gonna burn. I'm burning luck for this." And <laughs> I, in fact, I think I think the first cast I, I did it without saying anything because I didn't. He didn't explain it that that it wasn't like a normal spell duel, but like you couldn't burn luck. You like you had to burn it beforehand or something. You couldn't just burn it whenever you wanted. Forget what else there was. Oh, he added more spells that countered each other. Oh, that sounds useful. Yeah, yeah. So it was a little bit dumbed down. It was kind of it was more like the luck of the roll. Um, a little less skill to it, but I don't know. 
it's a spell duel. I guess it always t- turns out to be the luck of the rule anyway. So, uh, yeah, so I tried to argue with Harley and he's like, he's like, no, that's not how it works. Like, this is my game. I know how it's, I know how to play it. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's not a normal spell duel. Okay. I get it. Uh, and, but it was actually a lot of fun. And, uh, um, I think the people that were finalists got, uh, five kills before they died each. So, Jeez. wow. Yeah. 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 That's it was impressive. It was. Yeah. You'd have to get really lucky to do that or, you had to play all day for two days like my, my daughter did. How many kills did she get? She got five. Nice. Yeah. You should be very proud. I am. Yeah. She's awesome. She looked like she was enjoying herself, too. Oh, my God. She was so thrilled. When we got out of the tournament with Harley, and, you know, Harley's so animated and he's great with kids, my daughter turned to me and because we played a lot of board games and card games at home, and she turned to me and she said, Daddy can we play RPGs when we get home? <laughs> nice. Yeah, it was so cute. I was like, <laughs> of course. Awesome. Yeah, okay, That now that's my favorite moment. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so you said you did a Crawl Jammer game? Um, yeah, I did a Crawl Jammer game from Tim Callahan and got to do an official Lankmar game with Michael Curtis that oh, was nice. on the books and stuff. Very cool. So... Very different from the bit of Lankmar that some of us saw at GaryCon with Doug running it. it it's kind of cool to see the metamorphosis of it over the last, what, four or five months. Yeah, though you, with Doug running it, you probably played Doug Crawl Classics and not Dungeon Crawl Classics, right? Well, yeah, but it was Lankmar, too, so it kind of has its own yeah. spin and, and its own little subset of rules on top of that. Oh, okay. So... But, yeah, very cool stuff. Cool. So, Tournament Funnel, Death by Nexus this year, right? Yes. How'd that go? Anyone sit in on that? Get a couple zero levels killed? Um, sat right next to it. Uh, what about you, Job? Uh, well, you were closer to it than me, so it's your <laughs> question. <laughs> it, it was in the same room. As, it was funny. DTC pretty much had one room at the back end of the jw marriott so okay. that, you know. that was as, as a far a line that you can draw away from the convention center as possible i think <laughs> yes yes the omni would have been closer yeah it was it was quite a hike back and forth and whatnot but they had Harley would... running his tournament and they had jim and whomever else was helping for the cabal side you know the dc cabal yep and yeah i've i've, I've read through it I'm sure you have not run it or played it yet. So it was, it was several people lined up for it and stuff, or yeah, cool. Yeah, from what I understand, uh, they only had one table for it this time, oh, so okay. it wasn't like the big thing at GaryCon with the huge crowd because yeah. it doesn't matter how many thousands of people you have when you're still spread out that far. Yep, uh, it's tough to get them all in one place at the same time. A bit of a deterrent, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, how about the Goodman Games booth? How'd that look? Anything cool there? What What was some of the happening Huge. stuff there? Oh, man. For the footprint they had, they were yeah. just packed. That's awesome. Every single inch. Was it like the old 3-5 days when they had booths at Gen Con and stuff like that? Because, I mean, that's what I remember, the Goodman Games from 3-5, where they had huge booths and stuff mm. like that. I've seen pictures of those. I don't know. I, it seemed pretty big. I, I never experienced the 3-5 um, Goodman booth, though. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, you're predating me there. Oh, man. Well, I mean, I was there, but I wasn't a, a huge have-to-have-everything kind of person back then. Right. <laughs> These days, however. <laughs> <laughs> so, cool. So, I, what was some of the stuff at the booth? It was a big booth. It sounds like it was packed with, with stuff. Oh, what uh, What were some of the highlights of the booth? All the goodies that a lot of people saw in the email blasts and the social media. You had the, the new shirts. There was a new Lankmar Adventure. New Gilge, uh, Judges Guild mod. Okay, um, cool. Some Kickstarter products, which included some of Job's works. The very pretty mm. monster alphabet. Nice. And a couple of the offerings from the Grimtooth Kickstarter. Oh, what else? Um, Sailors on a Starless Sea covers? Yeah, yeah. GM Gems, the nine friggin' new covers for Sailors on a Starless Sea. <laughs> Those were sweet covers. Oh, man. I, yeah, I, I had to break my I-need-one-of-everything rule. I, I, just, <laughs> I didn't sell that many CDs to, <laughs> to compensate Yeah, me for too. It. They uh, had covers from, like, McDevitt, Pogue. I think they had two Pogues, actually, or two of somebody. Mullen. Um, yeah. Who else did they have? Did Doug there, do another one? There was I think the new Doug did foil. Yeah, the foil from Doug. Oh, they did like a cartoon one too. I think got Chuck Whalen to do one. Yeah, it was. They're awesome. That's cool. It sounds like it. That's, that's pretty awesome. Uh, nine hundred ninety-eight Wizards Conclave. Yep. That awesome. was the Um, there was a new Metamorphosis Alpha mod. New um, sticking with DCC Curse of the Kingspire. I guess it was converted from Fourth Ed. Hmm. So now we have a a new. S- is it second level mod for uh, DCC? Is it? Yes. Yes, it is by Harley Stroh. Oh, nice. That was from the... Four, uh, that was a good one. Yeah. And then, that, that, and then don't forget the swag bags. <laughs> if you spent like, I don't know what it was, 20 bucks or something, they gave you uh, oh, like, yeah. a, like a cloth Goodman game, or DCC bag. And it had, I think it was like one of the buckles or some designs or something on it. Yeah, it's it? supposed to be the new buckle. And then it had like a a little game inside for you to go have a, a scavenger hunt and you'd get, you know, certain judges to sign off on it and you would a, an extra free bit of swag there. If you completed the little adventure on that page, come back to the booth and get something cool. And nice. then they also had free swag bag, they gave you a copy of Gone Farmer's Almanac too. I might be wrong about that, but Yeah, every day the Gong Farmer's Almanac had a new the next issue. So it was a was whole that, new issue, not just like a new cover each day. It was actually a whole new issue right. of it. Yep. Uh, Thursday was volume one. Friday was volume two. Yeah. Cool. There's, so a, in, there's a total of five, maybe six of them now. I think uh, John Hirschberg is working on number six. What? I only what? got one. I didn't realize that there were volumes. <laughs> well... The thing is, they were giving them away for free because they really are free. So if you happen to be on G+, um, the link has been bandied about a few times. And if you ask nicely, they'll post it for you or email you or something so that you can get the PDFs or print them out yourself. So it's totally just a community project. Nice. Oh, my God. The amount of third-party support that the booth had this year was mind-blowing. Yeah, I know at Origins the booth, the Goodman Games booth, was full of third-party stuff. So I can only imagine what 
Gen Con must have been like. Probably quite similar. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, that's great to see them supporting that, you know, getting that stuff right into their booth to help drive the traffic for and stuff, and that's awesome. Well, yeah, it's mutually beneficial. Yeah, definitely. The other thing uh, on all those releases is um, I had three books come out, Monster (laughs) Alphabet, Grimtooth's uh, Museum De- of Death and 998th Conclave of Wizards or Wizards mm-hmm. Conclave. I don't even remember what it ended up as. But um, <laughs> all those I've written like over the last like three years or something, but like they all landed on, at Gen Con. On at the one same day. Time. Yeah. <laughs> I was forever. I was like, man, when is, when is the, this going to come out? When is that going to come out? And he's like, oh, I don't know. You know, we're going to do the releases. And um, yeah, then bam, there they all are. Well, see, so he knew your daughter was going to be out, and he wanted to make sure she was proud of Daddy. <laughs> yeah, she thought or it was something. Cool. Well, good. Oh, man. And then there's the program guide. Yeah, that thing, I've heard it was a rather massive. Uh, yeah, oh what gosh. are we looking at? 226 pages. <laughs> That's cool. It is, uh, yeah, hours of nonstop entertainment, just sitting down to read through it. Otherwise, affectionately known as the annual. Nice. I mean, to everyone but Joseph, I think he, he keep <laughs> when even he's referring to it in air quotes. You know, it might happen someday. Um, come on, this thing has. You know, speaking of tournaments, the hypercube of Mike got printed in here. Yay! Yay! Yeah, that's the one you've got stuff in. Yep. We've got. A level one adventure by Daniel J. Bishop, The Black Feather Blade. John Hook has a level four adventure in here called Evil Reborn. And Harley's Seventh Pit of Cesarecon is in this puppy. So lots of lots of playable things. Um, it, it, and our friend Jim, the Mutant Crawl Classics uh, preview was in there, and that was really cool. Yes, finally. It was a preview finally. sort of on the rule side, or was it like a preview adventure, or how, how was the preview? Mm, I think more preview so that you can spend a couple hours putting together a character if you want. Cool, nice. <laughs> no, that's cool, that's good. I, I say that lovingly because I, I know it doesn't take that long, but... It can't know, take longer than a Dresden Files character. I don't care how I did it. <laughs> no, no, and... and and Jim should know. I I mean no ill will with that. I just there's so many new options. I want to read about them all before I, yeah, settle down with just one. Yeah, there's a long interview with Luzaki in here. Brendan Lasalle's X Crawl. We've got the athlete class, so that you can add something to. Uh, how do they put it? The DCCification of X Crawl. They were okay. They were doing the conversion for that during the X-Crawl Kickstarter last year. And so the athlete is one more class that more fully plays into it. Yeah, I, I could spend another five minutes going through the table of contents for you. It's, you know, there's more tables. There's the long-awaited Appendix F, the Yathoth Raider, which is part of the uh, Purple Planet glossography. It's been kind of a scavenger hunt for some of us. <laughs> yeah, there's stuff from Metamorphosis Alpha, and oh, there there's a couple art folios, and there's some fiction pieces, which really caught my eye. There's one that Brendan LaSalle did called Journey to the Hole in the Sky, 
And I don't know if you've read the adventure Hole in the Sky. This is kind of the story behind it and leading up to it. And I think it's probably one of the best things I've read in the past few months. Very nice. That's cool. Wow. I really, really and, like that. And then don't forget the uh, alternate cover for the program guide. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get one. I'm so sad. There's, a, there's really an alternate cover? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, um, so, so, so the real cover, I guess Doug didn't have time to do a cover or somebody didn't have time. And it was just like a Photoshopped van or something. <laughs> um, so Doug, uh, I think, took artistic offense at that and... <laughs> And uh, he he made a new cover, which was like a drawing of like uh, Shanna with a van, and uh, I can't remember. I don't have it in front of me, but it's it's a really awesome illustration. He got it printed as stickers, and then he was you could buy him at his half by eleven stickers. Yeah, you could buy him at his booth and like slap him on the front of your program guide. I think he slapped a few free ones on during uh, you know the Doug Con stuff too. So oh man, that's hilarious. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I got I got one of those covers that was pretty cool. That's <laughs> funny. Nice. So wow. uh they had a seminar there too, right? Goodman Games seminar? They did. Were what, you there, Joe? The... Oh, was I? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I can't remember since I, I uh haven't pulled the figured out uh the recording stuff yet, but <sighs> yes, I was at all of the seminars, actually, but I only participated in the first one because I didn't really have anything new, and I didn't feel like sitting up there. It was already crowded. Let's see. Uh, what seminar was I at? Oh, oh, uh, how, how to Write Adventure Modules That Don't Suck. Mm-hmm. So they resurrected that one. Luckily, I had um, a copy of that that Rick Hole sent me, the the older version of it from two thousand and. Oh, was that seven or six or something like that? Wasn't that like an interview with Joseph in uh, someone's magazine? No, no, there was how to write modules that don't suck. Yeah, how to write adventure modules uh, modules that don't suck was the Gen Con talk with Brendan LaSalle and I think Harley and right, similar to the one you had at some of the older guard guys. Similar yeah, to that, the one at GaryCon. Uh, yeah. yeah. So they kind of resurrected that format, which I think was pretty cool. And so that was a lot of fun. And I don't quote me at, but I think maybe they might do another little book like they did for the older um, for the older talk that they did, you know, from way back when. Hmm. That'd be cool. Yeah. Like, like I said before, I, uh, Rick Hole hooked me up a couple years ago with with a copy of the old one. So that was really cool. I just I always uh, think about Rick when I see that on my bookshelf. Thanks, Rick. Uh, <laughs> thank you again. So at the What's New from Goodman Games seminar, were there any new releases you can tell us about that were announced? I don't know. I was uh, I was sitting in the back. I was a little bit drunk and sleepy. <laughs> <laughs> and Lou Zachi kept talking on and on and which was fascinating. I don't remember what the releases were, though. I think they talked about MCC, right? You were there, Jen? Unfortunately, no. We got scheduled directly across, opposite from them, and I was so pissed. Oh, my God. Were you the people that were making so much noise? No, no, no. I have it on good record that we don't suck that bad. 
<laughs> yeah. So, oh my God. Somebody was having. It was stated to us that evening I, during the after hours stuff. Oh my God. I'm so glad that wasn't you guys next door because boy, they sucked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There was some kind of sing along that was at volume 25 in the next room. So you could hardly hear anything. They kept having to slow down and repeat uh-huh. things during what's new with Goodman Games uh, seminar. So that was really annoying. Well, crap, I didn't take notes, and now it's been a month. I don't remember what... <laughs> well, Mutant Crawl Classics was one of them, right? Right, yeah. So, I think that's due spring-ish. And that's going to be Kickstarter, right? Mm, or no? Maybe? Maybe? Question Unknown? mark? Got it. Question mark. I don't know. The only other release I absolutely know of is the Halloween release, which will be from Stephen Newton. I don't think they talked about that. He did. Oh, Right. Well, I just right. zone out when he starts talking anyway. Yeah, no, yeah I, I, I know. I just <laughs> <laughs> when I edit for people, I tend to talk to them, and yeah, that that was that was part of all of that. So, well, very cool. I'd be very happy to see that because that's the uh, that's the other one that I play tested at GaryCon that I ran the play test for. Oh, nice. Gosh. Oh, they talked about Lankmar. Cool. When is the actual system coming out? Do we know? Now, you know, they didn't really, you know, Michael didn't really give very many details. It was kind of like, it was, if, if uh, you listen to the Gary Con thing, it was about the same. I think they talked about the new release that was at the booth. Okay. But yeah, it was very, very light on details, unfortunately. Gotcha. But there, you know, the, it seemed like there was a lot of interested people in the crowd. Very cool. So let's see. We got the seminars. We got the booth. We got some of the tournaments. Anyone? Uh, I think David Beatty was running his Carnal the Damned at Gen Con, right? Anyone get a chance to sit in on those, or we just know it went off? Um, I think it went off. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it did. <laughs> Joe, did you get to swing by or anything like that? I did not. Give him a hard time. No. Okay. You know, I, we saw him Sunday night, but yeah, I, I, I would I would love to play in that game. I really want to. It's a great, uh, great game. Yeah. And another glowing endorsement from Jen. <laughs> no, no. I, it's a great, great game. And your your audio was cutting out. I didn't know if I was jumping in on top of you. I was trying to oh. wait. Okay. Sorry. I still didn't get what you were saying. <laughs> no, I, I really like Carnival of the Damned, but I barely got a chance to see Dave and Kathy, yeah, except for Sunday night, so... Okay, so from there, how about some of the after-hours gaming? Uh, Embassy is usually a hot spot for DougCon and other impromptu evening games. Anyone swing by the Embassy? What was going on there? Anything? Yes, uh, we were staying at the Embassy. We were very, very fortunate because Gen Con loves us. Yeah, that's tough to get. Uh, uh, yeah, well, of course, we don't know till about two months out where we're staying, but we're we're different. Wednesday night was the level 10 funnel that Mark Bruner ran, and it was a really good time. You know, he had a table of nine, which was a little bit daunting. We had to cut a little bit for time, like you do, but it was really kind of a, a cool concept in that you start out as level 10, or I'm sorry, level zero. And throughout the play, the way you describe what you're going to do kind of determines the class that you're going to take on. And then by the end of it, he's basically got a a template with little spots cut out so that certain stats stay the same 
but some of your equipment changes or vice versa. So by the end, I was a level 10 warrior. You know, Bob was playing a level 10 wizard. And the encounters kept scaling up and scaling up. And it really was a good time. That's cool. That sounds so I'd, very I'd, I'd love to see more of that, yeah. And, of course, Thursday and Saturday night, the return of Catastrophe Island. Awesome. Yeah, that was good. Um, I was able to get some pictures of the entire room on Saturday. There were at least five or six tables going with different judges. <laughs> That's great. And I, I love my husband. I don't know what the hell he did to get drafted. He was one of the judges for both of those nights hopping up and down on top of a broken toe. <laughs> and His I, or someone else's? His. Oh, oh, his. That happened Wednesday right before we had to perform. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. My daughter, Nita, just loved uh, Bob. He, ran, he was at our table on Thursday night. Oh, man. And that, I think Bob was the first one at the table. And Nita uh, was before, just... Before Doug started rotating people around? Yeah. To and, cause chaos yeah yeah exactly and uh she just loved him she kept looking at me and her eyes are all big and she's just laughing because he does the voices and man he is really good yeah he's he's still my favorite gm of all time and and harley knows it and <laughs> but i had to tell him it's all right you still haven't run dcc that that was doug gone that totally didn't count <laughs> that, that's totally different thing <laughs> So yeah, but, he ran us for a little bit on Thursday, and then Doug made me start. So I was like, "Oh damn it!" And then he took my daughter away from me. Oh, so and, she had a and good then time. She was, oh man, <laughs> chaos everywhere. You know, Doug. Yeah, I think by the end of Saturday, most everyone had just kind of migrated toward the bar, and yeah, okay, we're we're done playing now. And oh, hey, look, everyone's over here. So we had a half again as many people in the bar as that were out playing yeah. and it was yeah some of the stuff going on in the game sounded fantastic and I'm sure there were people that wished it was going on Wednesday through Saturday like last year cool well, it was good to hear a success then it's always fun it'll be more fun with you next year yeah yeah hopefully hopefully I can finally make schedules work or something like that and Bring your kids. Joke does. Yeah, it's true. Xander's probably getting close to old enough to venture out in the public play. <laughs> yeah, I probably won't be there next this year. Next year, I usually kind of skip every other year just because it's such a big pain in the butt to get out there. Yeah. That that's very true, and it it's a little bit more hospitable at the smaller cons. Oh yeah, I have so much more fun. I. <laughs> Well, because you're not spending half your time walking from place to place. Right, man. Okay, so anything else people want to touch on before we roll on over from our Gen Con wrap-up? Anything we didn't cover? Anything? Mentioned? Did you guys mention the, the artists and the writer signings in the booth? Oh, no, I don't think any of you guys mentioned that. What was oh, that man. about? So, so there was two artist slots and one writer slot in uh, the Goodman Games booth. Uh, during Gen Con, and you could go and bring whatever you wanted to get signed. Mm. So um, I really enjoyed that. I brought my uh, gold foil and got all the artists that I had that I haven't uh, met before in person to sign my stuff. So nice. 
Now, does it make you feel like a, a fanboy when you do that? Or you're just kind of getting it for posterity? Um, I'm just getting it to, you know, accumulate power in, in the black tome. Okay, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> it's all part of a sinister dark plan. Yeah. Yeah, well, I wasn't working the booth this year, so I was completely out of the loop on some of this stuff. Yeah, I was uh, actually when uh, Nita was playing the Enter the Dagon tournament, I gave her my book and I was like, okay, every time just to, to freak out the other players, every time before you roll, I want you to put your left hand on, on my uh, gold foil and then roll the <laughs> dice. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I think it worked. Got her, <laughs> got her into the finals. And then you had to come and watch. That's probably what screwed her up. <laughs> probably. <laughs> Dad. <laughs> Exactly. Okay. So I think that wraps up our Gen Con review. So with that, we'll take it over to Patron Bond. Who are you? Your new lord and master. What orders from Mordor, my lord? Oh, no trouble wanting I can't stand its people groveling. Patron Bond. It doesn't quite make sense to me to necessarily rate Gen Con itself. I think I know, well, maybe I don't know what the answer would be to that. But, <laughs> um, the I, so how about DCC at Gen Con? I know when it was first there, it seemed like it was pretty small. seems like it's been growing year after year. So, and I don't really know if we should rate this as much as just a little feedback on, what do you guys think? The DCC getting more popular at Gen Con? About the same? I'd, I'd say more just based on the number of people down in the after-hour session. I mean, there were easily 50 to 60 heads compared to 30 or 40 last year. Cool. That definitely seems to be a, a, a good sign for increasing popularity. And, and when we're missing some of the people that are kind of the the core groups, like we didn't have all of the metal gods there this year, you know, so there were a lot, no, pardon me, a lot more new faces okay yeah, yeah I, I had talked about that with doug for a while too it was like i don't recognize a lot of these people <laughs> so that, i thought that was pretty cool yeah i know that is probably a good sign the, but the, did they recognize the, you job uh i don't know <laughs> maybe <laughs> some tall dude with funny hair whatever <sighs> right it's gen con <laughs> okay so better late than never Yes, better late than never. Um, <laughs> and, you know, hopefully it's helpful for some of those that weren't at Gen Con. And maybe for those of you who were, help bring back some awesome memories. And I think that's all we've got for tonight, folks. So thanks for listening. And uh, we'll, we'll talk to you later. Adios. We'll see you guys. Hasta la vista, babies. And that's a wrap. I must have those weapons. They are all that stand between me and complete mastery of the realm. Tiamat, you shall have your chance to claim the weapons in the dragon's graveyard.